taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you ace attorneys listen to. This week, Melver will forge you a new hero in a snap. The news is Hall of Fame worthy. Our topic is helping and hindering. And our dragon this week is raining on our podcast. Game developer, Jakob Kostolski. And as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. My name is Hassel. And I'm Joe. Hey, y'all. Uh, and as always, I'm going to start with a, a question for you guys. Ooh. Let's do it. If you're being taken to video game court, what would the reason be and in what video game? So like for myself, it would be like Grand Theft Auto. But it would be for like not yielding for red lights, not for murder. <laughs> it would just be like, hey, why, why, why you keep blowing through all these red lights, man? <laughs> okay, uh, I gotta think about this one. I feel like mine would also be Grand Theft Auto, but okay. it would probably be for like you know just having a tail light busted, or like <laughs> yeah. driving with my bumper like hanging off the side of my car. You, you don't think maybe it'd be like unsportsmanlike conduct in uh, Rocket League or something like that? You don't go to jail for unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> it was real bad. You go to jail if you're too nice in Rocket exactly. League. They're yeah. like, yeah. Mm, something sus about you. Bring him to court. It's just a bunch of cars. <laughs> he he didn't just, spam what a save. Yeah, he, he didn't spam what a save. I'm imagining uh, Rocket League court just like this, uh, this car on like a pedestal with like a wig like With a white, white wig, wig? <laughs> <laughs> no gavel it just like revs it at its engine yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh silence, my silence in the court <laughs> <laughs> the bailiff has like the mustache in the front of the car and then he has a cop hat <laughs> yeah man i do not want to go to rocket league court no <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I think uh, it's got to be Mario. I think my first crime in this world as a kid was just like stepping on these poor mushrooms and these and, and ev- evicting these turtles from their their shells. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Can you imagine like someone jumping on you and then like you see the other half of your body and then that mf picks up your body and th- kills you with it? <laughs> like <laughs> chucks your own body, your own home at you to knock you out. <laughs> My gosh, I'm so so happy that there's no judicial system in the Mario universe because I would be I would be in in the whatever is Super Mario universe's version of the raft or whatever so easily. I'm a villain. Yeah, it's where they keep Waluigi. Yeah, Waluigi's the warden. Yeah. The warden. He's the warden. Yeah. I, I would probably be tax evasion because of the amount of properties that I own. I, I really like games where you build houses, but there's no way I'm paying taxes in all those houses. Like it's no. too many houses like animal crossing no taxes the sims the sims no no yeah. taxes, no taxes. Yeah. Uh, uh elder scrolls online Elder Scrolls online no taxes skyrim uh, the, yeah. the, what is it the home simulation game where you clean up the properties Renovation yeah the flipper simulation. house flipper house flipper yeah, yeah. no no taxes None it's like how does this person have so many houses don't ask <laughs> they, they're friends with mario and you don't want to mess with mario well <laughs> jokes on you manda i'm with the sh- digital irs no <laughs> i've been undercover not the D-I-R-S. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so... Because it's home building, it's D-Y-I-R-S. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. That's good. But you know what, guys? Let's, let's, uh, let's get into our games this week. <laughs> what are you playing? Well, this week I'll start us off because I got a quick story. Uh, so a game 
I started uh, shortly after Christmas. It's a browser-based game that's an idled game. Uh, it's called Melver Idol. It's based off of RuneScape, so it has a bunch of different skills that you can like raise up to level 99, just like in RuneScape. But it's all idle based, so basically you just hit a button and it does it all on its own. Like basically, uh, you still have to do uh, some little menial tasks in between it. Basically, just numbers go up, and you're happy about that. This is Brian uh, the game. Numbers. This is go Brian up. the game. This is this is what I love. A minimal amount of work, and the numbers go up on its own. This is amazing. Okay, I've never understood idlers. Isn't that the same as like not playing a game somewhat no. but okay. you still no, make Amanda. I, just, I said i didn't understand no. you, you make management decisions so <laughs> you oh, still have to choose hey okay. listen i want you to fight this boss or this this it's uh, like thing delegation because you're, in the game yeah you're still best okay. at this i can make certain equipment to make myself better at doing this specific thing uh but it's do, every, it does everything else on its own okay okay this is ceo the game <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> yeah you're just cutting out all the groundwork yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, was, I started this game shortly after uh, Christmas, before the new year. I just this week have mastered every single skill. I got all of them up to level 99. I've done most of the things in the game. I've been able to beat every single boss. And it's an accomplishment for me because I stuck with this game for over four months, five months, actually, oh, nice. <laughs> just doing the minimal amount of work every single day. <laughs> <laughs> just sits there it's on the screen at all times it is i walk by and i'm like oh it's Damn. that game with the the levels that just go up and down i'm not doing anything joe it's just up <laughs> just there brian's they just out keep, here the meters just go across and they just keep going across brian's out here living the dream my dude that's right <laughs> i said my, my new year's resolution is to complete more games if doing the minimum amount of work is completing a game i'm completing a game hey now. it was minimum but it was consistent and consistency is it what was. matters consistency exactly. is key i've always said five that. months five months worth of consistency joe i did it very proud of you <laughs> thank you thank you so yeah that's 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 my that's my game what, what's the melvor name of the game online. again melvor online <laughs> yeah melvor online. is it free oh uh yeah it's free it's a browser browser-based game uh it is for sale on steam for like 10 bucks but basically you can you do that if you want to support the developer cool uh, which i probably will I want a clip of Joe's voice saying, I'm very proud of you. I feel like there's some applications that I could use that, that for. That might be the <laughs> first time I've heard that heard her say that in your direction. I was like to say, I, I also have some applications I would like to apply that to. <laughs> That'd be nice. Oh, it's never happening it's again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my game, Melvor Online, or Melvor Idol. And then what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? Look, I mean, what is a game? I mean, really. When we really yeah. look at life in general, isn't... Isn't everything a game? No. Doing the did you play? Did you play Overwatch again? <laughs> <laughs> Always. Is this where um, this is leading? <laughs> no, I, I actually, okay, technically this isn't a game, but I think I probably uh, played this in a way that the uh, makers of this weren't expecting. I spent a lot of time this week on Hero Forge, the create your own mini miniature figure online. It's a really cool site, and the whole idea of it is for people who play tabletop games like Dungeons & Dragons or Warhammer, and you where you create your own character. It gives you this just pretty robust and really pretty create-a-character set. And you all know I love myself a create-a-character. You oh do. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I will just play a game just for the create-a-character. I played 10 years worth of those wrestling games, the WWE, 2K, or whatever. 10 years worth. From PlayStation to PlayStation 4, 
and I don't even really, I'm not really into wrestling. I just played for the creative <laughs> character. So, so, uh, uh, me and Mandy, we are, we, we play D and D and we're, we're doing like a, a session and whatnot. And one of our D and D members, they show us this picture of their, of their character. And I looked at it on discord and I was like, Oh my dude, like, where'd you find that online? I thought that he just randomly found a picture of, uh, of a character that was already existing. And I was like, this is just how I picture your character. And then uh-huh. Mandy's like, he made that. I'm like, what? She's like on Hero Forge. <laughs> I'm like, that thing from four years ago that was like kind of okay, but yeah, almost. That, a- <laughs> that thing that I was like, hey, Troy, you'd really like this. And you were like, yeah, 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 yeah sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that it had become so robust and so pretty over like yeah. the past five years. So I jumped into it and y'all, I've just, I, uh, I'm obsessed. I made my character from the game and I, I detailed everything from its beard to the eyes, to the clothes, to the, the intricate colors, to the poses. You can articulate the poses exactly how you want to the lighting. I, I play a cleric that does magic. So I put a magic spell on my hand and then a magic spell in my hand. I said magic spell on my spam. <laughs> it's a very funny image. <laughs> and, um, and then I also like adjusted the lighting. So it looked like, like my spell was casting a glow on me. Like, Oh, I was so excited. I was so into this. And I, I I made like this video game version of my character. It doesn't look realistic, but it looks like I could take this computer figure and I could play a video game with this character. Like mm-hmm. it looks almost like Skylander uh, cartoony style, which I love. I yeah. then went and made my previous D&D campaign character. I then made my, made my friend's campaign characters. Hassel, I made your character in this game that we played when we used to play D&D together, dude. Like, I can't stop. I have a question. <laughs> did you make pre-death or post-death? Okay. Okay. Yes, your character did die in our campaign. I, I, gave, I made it pre-death, okay, but then gotcha. I added a little gravestone next to you. As if it's like someone made a statue on your grave. Got it. Okay. Remember, <laughs> I remember what it. you used to be. <laughs> beers and all. Tankards of oh, beers and all. Amazing. So is this a game? No. But damn it, if it has not been the game that I've I've been playing the most these past couple of, of this weeks. This is the most Troy game <laughs> I've ever experienced. Ever. If it also this somehow- is your game. If it also somehow made you cry, then it would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone just needs to delete my character with before I saved. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> to, all of, to all of the indie developers out there, if you want to make a Troy-specific game, just make a creator whatever, and then just make it really sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you create a character, and then the, as soon as you're done, they tell you a sad story about that character? Right. Wait, yeah. what? Oh. hero forge has been great it's free uh we were able to stream it this week and what i loved about it is even from the the stream people were able to jump on while i was streaming it to start making their own characters and i just love the easy access to creativity i'm a dreamer i see these characters in my head but i don't have the skills to actually draw them and sometimes it's really frustrating because i just want to see my characters come to life and i have i don't have the ability to do so and this has given me just a little taste into like, hey, you may not be a skilled sculptor or painter or drawer, but we're going to take care of that for you. Let your imagination run wild. And I, I couldn't be more happy with it. I'm not awesome. buying any of them, but I do. T- I'm taking <laughs> lots of I'm taking so many screenshots. I have like that energy that like your mom has on the first day of school when they're like, have fun. Wait, wait, wait. Not yet. One more picture. One more picture. And you're like, mom, just just let me go to school. And you're like, wait, wait. OK, just turn around. Let me get the back. OK. All right. 
<laughs> like that's the type of energy that I have when I'm uh, screenshotting all of my characters. I Troy, I'm obsessed. Troy, these are on the internet. You can just look them up whenever you want. No, but I'm oh, gonna need the pictures. Making, you don't need the pictures, Troy. They're they're saved on the internet. You can just look at them whenever you want. Yeah, but what am I gonna use for my scrapbook? <laughs> you don't make scrapbooks. <laughs> yeah, Hero Forge is great. I did the uh, the original Kickstarter uh, several years ago. I forget how many years ago that was. And uh, I ended up making a figure of Joe, of what she would look like if she was in the D and D universe. And I, I love and that. actually, yeah, uh, and I printed it out. I three D, you know, the they have this printing service which was included in the Kickstarter. So I printed out the figure of Joe and I gave it to her for I think it was Christmas one year. Or it was your birthday? I, I forget. It was one remember. of two. That's, That's so yeah. cute. It was really cool. That's yeah. so nerdy and romantic. Ah, uh, oh, I you love get it. For wedding toppers. You get the, the oh. both of the people. Oh, oh yeah, that'd oh, be awesome. That would be super cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that was Hero Forge, and then finally we have uh, a, a little bit of snap decisions with you guys, right? Uh, <laughs> Sel, uh, Amanda, and Joe. Oh yeah. We decided to play Pokemon Snap, which is a new release. Um, I'm going to start it off. Guys, I, I was waiting for this game for such a long time. I played the original <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, what is I it, was 20 like, years in the making? I yep. think so, yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I just need a game where I am on a trolley and I just take pictures of things. How do you feel about it? Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Oh, I was so afraid of this conversation because I was like, maybe it's just me and I don't want to talk about it if people like are really attached to it. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't dislike it. Yeah. It's like, fine. Well, 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 what is it? What are you actually doing in this game? Okay. So- it's like a first person POV. It's basically a shooter. It literally is. You have a camera and you're shooting pictures. And there's a trolley that essentially a track that you're going to be on that is a fixed track. Mm -hmm. And you can move the camera around and look at different Pokemon that are interacting with the environment around them, interacting with other Pokemon. And you can throw uh, fluff fruit apples at them. You can throw orbs into things that will help other things happen so that different stuff happens with the Pokemon. And and it's it's okay. It's it's okay. I I, I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I Mm -hmm. just don't. I don't love it. And you I was really, I was in the boat with you. So I was so looking forward to this. This was like my, like, like when I heard this was happening, I was like, this was one of my favorite games. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this. I think it's Professor Mirror. I literally think it's that, that like, there's so much explanation for what I felt like was no reason. Right. I feel the like, I feel like forever. I went through, I went through a whole bunch of menus just to kind of like play one level. And then I was like, okay, like it, this, this type of exposition would have been done better if I could hear the character's voice. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times it just cuts out and it goes, awesome. And then a whole bunch of like lines of dialogue happen. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I think this <laughs> game suffers a little bit from the, the fact that um, I, I think it's too close to the original. I think that most video games don't stick to a single genre now. We want something that's a shooter and also a farming sim, or we want something that's a roguelike, but also an adventure game. And this one is just Pokemon Snap. And I think they really needed to layer on something on top of it. It just plays like an older game. It's it's beautiful. The Pokemon look yeah. great, and the mechanics are super smooth. Like, I don't have yeah, a problem I mean, with it. It just feels 
older. I mean, the, yeah. the, the premise of this game is you take pictures of the Pokemon and then you get your pictures rated and then you right. want to try to get the highest rating. That's Correct. that's like the short version what you're doing in this game. Does it deliver on that much? You definitely take like, pictures and they definitely rate them. Those things yeah. happen. But I that but sometimes I'll take a picture and like I'm not in love with a lot of my pictures and mm. then the ones that I do really like I get them rated and the professor's like eh, it's fine. No, Ooh, <laughs> like, that doesn't what? feel good. It was so good. I thought it was. A what good if you take one? a really crappy one and then he's like, oh wow, the you know he's like, oh you can see the rating. It's like the position's wonderful, the size. I'm like that's a terrible photo. Yeah, <laughs> this is no, not helping anyone. And, and here's the thing, guys. Like. He wants everything to be centered. Like, Professor Mirror has never heard of the rule of thirds. Like, yes. I don't understand what the problem <laughs> yeah. is. Like, I yes, I want to capture the Pokemon's essence, but listen, there's a beautiful background, and there's more Pokemon on the other side. So I'm going to have them off-center a little bit. And Professor Mirror is like, this is a crap picture. Why do, <laughs> why, why are you even on my, on my island? Like, I need you to leave. <laughs> In his defense, he is a scientist, and I think we're all artists. So what we think is a good picture and what he thinks is a good right. picture are different. Because he wants the Pokemon oh. as big as possible and center screen, so, and you want to see as much of it as possible. Which I guess, if you're like a scientist, is fine. Right. So so you're not you're not taking pictures for like a journalism magazine. You're no. taking pictures to document. Yeah. Like okay, yeah. that that's a different mm-hmm. premise. I kind of yeah. wish it was the hey. We're like these Pokemon are are modeling for you, <laughs> and you have no. to like find the right yeah. like artistic pose. This is just yeah cataloging. It sounds yeah. like yeah, and he's got Professor Mirror's got a an assistant named Rita, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm convinced he absolutely hates oh. uh, because Rita's been with him for like two years, and she just keeps on asking, "Hey, can I go on this adventure with them?" And he's like, "Now nah, you stay home." Yeah, Aww. these people who just showed up, they're going to do everything. Mm-hmm. It's oh, fine. Poor Rita. <laughs> <laughs> she, and she also alludes to the fact that he's he's making her do more and more of the work. So it's just like she does all of the grunt work and you get to do all oh. of the fun things. Oh, Rita. Yeah. All right. We got to we got to start a campaign. Get get Rita out there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest problem I'm having with the game right now is just how long it's taking for me to build up like all of the little secret things that you could do with the game that you could do with the other one. With the other yeah. one, you can just grab apples, start throwing them, like get get like a Magikarp into like a waterfall, and then it turns into a Gyarados, and like that thing like comes out and stuff like that. And that's what I was missing. So the minute I jumped into the first level of the game, I was like, okay, what's my Apple button? And I was just like, I don't have an Apple button. What 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 am I doing? Okay, I'll take pictures. It's like, oh, I don't really have Zoom. I just have to play. The, I have to play a one yeah. entire level for each new function I get. And I, yeah. maybe just they needed like a skip tutorial mode to be like, no, I can, I can figure this out. I don't need you to handhold yeah. me. Yeah. Here, and, and I'll paint you this picture. So I took a picture of a pinzer that I, I kid you not, you can't even tell it's a pinzer. Like it is, it is so zoomed in. It is just like my it was my reactionary shot of like this Pokemon. Like I, I didn't plan it. He just kind of popped out of the ground. I was like, oh, I panicked. I took a whole bunch of pictures that were like really close. <laughs> <I panicked>. <laughs> <laughs> and Professor Professor Mirror is like, this is a three star picture. This is the best picture I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I have not been able to beat that pincer picture. I've taken multiple pictures of pincer at this point. So like I think I think the rating system might be broken. Well, as far as the star ratings go, the star ratings is uh, isn't 
necessarily how good the pitcher is. Right. It's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. the rarity so of their So the three action. stars, they're doing something special, so they're coming out of the ground, so that's a three star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they're just sitting there just staring at you, that's a one star. So that was – the picture I'm talking about was a three star, and it was like some somewhere around like 5,200 or something like that. And I was like, great. <laughs> I, I've taken the same picture, the three-star picture, and it has been, like, in the maybe, like, mid to high 3,000s. And I'm like, I gotcha. don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I think that the system of getting better is terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there should be an overall, here's the pile of points you're getting from all these. And every time you just get a little bit better on any level, it just adds to the pile of points. And that would help your level and everywhere else. I uh-huh. just want to take pictures of these things. <laughs> Like, is there like, no mode to just kind of cruise and just kind of go at your own pace? Or? No. Not that you I can found just it. take pictures of them. It's just not going right. to help your score. It's not yeah, going to help you right. get me you know, better. I think mm-hmm. the game would have benefited from like two modes where you have like photo mode and then maybe I took some of that data and then did something with it whether I was like researching something to gain better abilities. Like if I took a picture of a Pikachu and then I researched something and then they gave me the fruit because I had researched like lightning and now i have lightning fruit or if there was like a ranching uh you know ability so i could take that and then that pokemon could do something at the station i think that would have made it feel like a full game but mm-hmm. right now it's like okay i took these pictures and then it's just like okay well that's done we'll just go do that again and it's like well but i yeah. don't feel like i'm earning anything and like right. the points you like earn titles but i was like i don't i don't want a title i want like a i want like a a, a thing i want a house or a boat do, or yeah. a, do you, you know. think that this is is maybe more fine for like a younger audience for the the kids who just want to see a pokemon in the wild and take some pictures and be like yeah i don't i don't i don't want a bunch of systems i just want you know to, to see a pokemon in the wild and stuff do you think i don't know how they could enjoy it because there's so much exposition and what the <laughs> professor is telling you at the open like literally the first three to four levels you play we were streaming it, and I was, like, so gung-ho. Like, I was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. By a half an hour in, I had only played two levels. Mm, wow. It, you're literally listening to these characters talk about whatever it is that they need to tell you about. Exposition dump on how to do this and how to do that. And it's just tutorial stuff that you, if you understand how the game works from the opening, you understand how the game works. Yeah. There's no... And they explain everything in a tutorial instead of while you're doing the mission. You mm-hmm. could have like gone out to do a photography mission and while you're doing that, like, oh, and by the way, here's how you throw apples. But no, before yeah. you go on that mission, they bring you to a separate area to show you a tutorial and then they make you do it and then you go on the mission. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you could have like, I think they could have consolidated it a bit. I agree. I feel like, and, and mind you, I'm only, I'm only twi- two islands in. I haven't made it to the third or fourth island, right? Um, but one of the things that I loved about the original Pokemon Snap was the ability to, like, cause, like, mayhem and have some of these Pokemon, like, either get super angry or some of them even evolve. Like, I remember throwing, like, fruit at a Charmeleon so he can fall in lava and then he comes out of Charizard, like, in the original Pokemon Snap. And yeah. I was like, like, that was like, yes. <laughs> but I haven't really gotten to do that in this one yet. And I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe I'm just going to meet a Charizard out in the wild, and he's just like sipping some coffee on that volcano island. <laughs> he's like, you Hi. Any cr- "Hey, you got any creamer? We're- Welcome to hey, my. Where home. are you going? We're where out. are you going? Stop." No. <laughs> um, is it at least relaxing? Because that's the one thing I see that that I may enjoy with that this game is like, you know what? I don't care about points. I don't care about whatever. I just want to like have some nice music and just kind of cruise. But and, you and you whatnot. will care about points because points are how you unlock new areas. Okay. Yeah. And also, if you want to relax, I mean, you can. You could relax. But then there really isn't really relaxing because you're you're busy looking around for the next opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, they, they, you know, it could be relaxing, but then maybe you have to throw an apple at them. So you yeah. have to like manage your buttons as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I could see it being relaxing, but mm-hmm. in from what I've seen, not really. It's, yeah. it's not bad, though. I mean, for all of this no. c- yeah. criticism, it's not bad. It's just like not. Mm-hmm. I, if I have other things to play, I'm probably going to play other stuff. I will say yeah. I'm still enjoying it very much. Cool. Yeah. Like I started off, I do really like it. I just think my expectations were too high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so many other remakes had been a little different or or, or whatever had happened. You know, like mm-hmm. this just, I, I was expecting way too much from turning it on yeah. and, and being able to play. All right. Can Pokemon I, snap. um, can I give snap. you guys some, uh, some other games that could benefit from a snap like, uh, feature? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Rocket League snap where you're um. a tiny car that needs to take <laughs> pictures of the action. Oh, if you're you're the oh, camera, but you're yeah. going the, really fast, so all of the pictures are blurry. Right. <laughs> what if you're just the soccer ball? You are. You're, the the snap is the soccer ball. So the, it's, it's the soccer ball's view. I mean, yeah, that could be it. Uh, okay. Mortal Kombat snap. Oh, uh, that's, I think that's already in the game. It's called the fatality. Ew. <laughs> no, I, I do hear a lot of snaps in that yeah, game. No, I'm yeah. talking Bones. about I'm, yep. I'm talking about you're a character on a trolley system, and you're just exploring the different the like, wilderness of, of the nether realm. <laughs> so like you the see like scorpion in the wild. I would love that. You, you know what? Oh my I, gosh! I can see why scientists would be interested in that because you can see all of the organs up close. You yeah. Zoom in on the intestines as they're yeah, flying in every doctor, direction. Doctor surgeon. Yeah. I just love the idea of like coming around the bend and you just see like on a bridge of spikes is just Sub-Zero and, and Scorpion fighting and you have to try and get a good picture of them. You exactly. throw an apple. They both look at you. You <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you poop your pants. <laughs> you throw an apple. They both eat it. They take a break. They like sit down. <laughs> Now I'm just imagining like a Disney World style ride where they, like you pass by in a trolley and I was like, ooh, ah, and they're like taking pictures. Like, oh, look at his spine, honey. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's a small world Mortal Kombat style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually, it's a spine world. All the characters' spines. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these back to the shop with me. Okay. All right, great. <laughs> All right. So that was Pokemon Snap. So I'll do it for our games. That brings us to our news segment. News, 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 news. This week, I'm going to start with four new games are going to be added to the World's Video Game Hall of Fame for the 2021 class. In case you guys are wondering, they are Microsoft Flight Simulator. Good for them. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Mm. What? Yeah, that game's amazing. Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holler. Mm. And StarCraft. Wow. How were some of these not there already? There, there's only four inductees every year. Yeah. Okay. So you time Carmen it out. Sandiego had never been inducted before? Nope. What? Yeah, that's I like know. a seminal game for like Americans that are our age. They, they, <laughs> yeah. guys, guys, they didn't, cool. they didn't know where to find it. And some of the finalists, so I think there was 12 finalists and only four of them made in. Uh, so among the other finalists that didn't make it in were Guitar Hero, oh. Portal, oh. Tron, and Farmville. Yes, oh, wow. Farmville was, was, was nominated. I have so many How? things to say about all of these games. <laughs> How has Tron never made it in? Again, only four get in every year. You gotta, no, but 
If, it's Tron. I know. If I'm being honest. So normally I've never been a Tron fan. Playing <laughs> the arcade it. game's amazing. Yeah, I, I know. I've never got it. I just mm, it's like not been my jam. So you know what? I'm like, yeah, whatever, Tron, get out of here. All I also fall asleep cool. during the movies. All I, of these are from different generations. Yeah. yeah. So like the what's what are the categories or anything like or do they have categories? Because I know with Criteria? the like no. for example, like Sports Hall of Fame, like you have to be retired for five years in order to be kind of like qualified for them. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't believe there's any like stipulation. Uh, so basically what it is is I think either three or four games are nominated by fans. So they have an online vote and people vote on games. Got it. Um, so oh. there, so three, three or four of the finalists are that. And then the rest of them are all uh, done by their panelists. Yeah. So I mean, there's going to be – so then, then there's 10 or 12 total finalists. And then they're all voted on by the actual panelists themselves. I, I think the, a lot sense. of those 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 top games have like some real world impact. Like Microsoft oh, yeah. Flight Simulator, like pilots legit use that to train. Mm-hmm. And what what was the other one? Animal Crossing had a huge year yes year. I think anyone mm-hmm. who was looking at Animal Crossing is like, yo, that saved a lot of people during the pandemic. That should yep. go in the Hall of Fame. StarCraft launched esports in Korea or make it made it blew up, blow up yeah. in mm-hmm. such a huge way. Like those games have made huge impacts in in, yeah. in in the world even outside of gaming and carmen san diego was part of like every like u.s public school library yeah computer yeah. system <laughs> like, it was yeah i i would not know where uh belize is if it wasn't for that game so thank you carmen <laughs> and then high off that animal crossing induction nintendo has announced that their last year of sales and profits are way up from April 1st, 2020 to March 31st, 2021, they had increased sales by 34% and profits rose by over 85% to $4.39 billion. They got that pandemic bump. The Animal Crossing yeah. effect. <laughs> yeah, they, they sold <laughs> even after, so this is from April to March. So this is after the initial launch of Animal Crossing. I think it sold 10 million copies that first month mm-hmm. of Animal Crossing. And it sold a further uh, almost 20 million copies the following <laughs> year. <laughs> Regal theaters are looking around like, hey, where, where, did, where did all our money go? And then they just see Nintendo <laughs> running off with it like, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> got to fill that void. Yeah, I think they had, they said that 35 different games sold a million copies on the Nintendo Switch. And of that, 22 of those were Nintendo games, were first-party games. Wow. They, saw, they saw a need. They filled they it. They did. Uh, and then they are, however, anticipating lower in- earnings for the next year. They uh, better. Because due to, due to the pandemic, they have been finding it harder and harder to find parts so that they can manufacture new products. So, right. Right. Yeah. Ooh, it's going to take a little bit for this world, to, for the gears to start turning again. It will. It absolutely will. Uh, and then also this week... The Apple versus Epic legal battle started, uh, but since it's still ongoing, we'll, we'll cover it later. Uh, but some possible fallout has already started popping up. Like what? PlayStation has been hit with a class action lawsuit due to PlayStation not selling digital games through other retailers and only selling them through their digital store. Uh, and by this, I mean that PlayStation doesn't sell digital codes like Xbox and Nintendo does through Amazon, Best Buy, and the like. Uh, you can only purchase digital games through their digital storefronts. And what's weird is that they, they, they weren't always like that. That's a policy they changed two years ago. So yeah. mm-hmm. you're already made a lot of bad blood with, with you know, the, all those different retailers. retailers. Yeah. So yeah. 
they 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 they're making a monopoly. <laughs> like that's just yeah, <laughs> that's technically a monopoly. No one else can yeah, sell but me. Especially because they are selling digital only consoles now. Yeah, there's you can tap you have a PlayStation Five, Troy. That's digital yep. only. You can only purchase it through their storefronts if you wanted to purchase games. The, Facts. The idea of defending like Amazon and Best Buy is really funny. It's right. Like, <laughs> oh, man, how does Sony not allow Amazon to yep. sell their products? I get it. I get it. But it's yes. just funny. Standing up for the yeah. little for the little guys like the Amazon. And then, uh, however, though, speaking of the Epic versus Apple, some news has filtered out due to discovery. In 2019, when the Division 2 came out on the Epic Store, integration with Uplay wasn't the best. And nefarious people discovered that they could use fraudulent credit cards to purchase the game and link it to a new Ubisoft account. But when the eventual chargeback came back, Epic couldn't unlink the accounts. So they were just purchasing the game knowing that it's going to get charged back, but they could already link it to a Ubisoft account and just sell that to somebody else. Oh. Okay. Epic didn't have a way to unlink it. Or to, you know, take that back. Um, Part of me wants was, to... I'm, like, I'm sad that somebody did that, but also so I want to applaud whoever figured all that out because even you explaining <laughs> right? it, I'm like, huh? How did they... Pu- oh, good. You found it. You found the way and, to and, do it. And in case you're wondering, like, well, how, how bad could this actually possibly get? Yeah. In the first 48 hours, uh, almost 90% of the purchases were fraudulent Ooh. before Epic completely stopped selling the game uh, as well as other Ubisoft games until they could fix the integration. Yikes. Because it wasn't just the Division 2. They were also selling, I think, a now 1800 or something like that, which was another big new release that just came out. Mm-hmm. So any game that could be linked to an Ubisoft account, they had to just stop doing because there's no way for them to take back the money. That's crazy. It's crazy. We'll be following the uh, the Apple versus Epic stuff to see what else comes out. I know that more stuff has come out. There's just so much of a news dump this week, guys. Uh, we'll get to it in the following weeks. But that will do it for our news and now it brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Ka-cha. Cha-cha. And this week is going to be brought to us by Manda. It's no secret that recent video games have been filled with remakes, remasters, and sequels. This made us wonder, does your nostalgia for a game remake help or hinder your enjoyment of playing it? And I know we've already talked about this today, but I think Pokemon (laughs) Snap is actually a perfect example. I think the new version of Pokemon Snap is a very faithful remake of the original, but I don't think I like it as much. And I think part of that's due to my nostalgia is that I expected it to make me as happy as it did the first time I played it, and it's just not. But what do you guys think? How does your nostalgia affect your video games? Uh, For me... uh... Most recently, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Uh, you know, oh, look, it's me talking about Final Fantasy VII again. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, but uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake for me was a perfect example of this because my nostalgia actually helped with this. Because uh, a, a lot of this game is built out of the in-between portions of the, fir- of the original. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an entire game of just the first seven hours of the original. And me playing the first game they actually capitalized on that because in the in the remake they actually were like oh we know people are going to be playing this that played the first one so let's kind of give them what they want but also subvert what they were expecting right and so by using people's nostalgia for this game they were actually able to craft a really good game and story that still was faithful but also felt something new it felt original 
actually. It felt original, exactly. I felt like I was playing a new game, even though I pretty much knew it was going to happen. So, like, and yeah. It was good. Yeah, I feel like if I was someone who really wanted just a remake, though, like a new re- remake of that game, I probably would have yeah. been disappointed that I, that's, not what it, that's not what it was. Yeah, if I right. if I was like super diehard, like oh you changed the thing that I like, or so and so is not there, or you're why are you messing with the thing that I love the most? Like I think that's where nostalgia can kind of bite you in the butt, because um, like the, like for me when I think about certain games from the past, it's not just the game itself; it's the context of where I was at the time. It's my yeah. age. It's yeah. the technology that yeah, was out. Where the industry was, yeah. Where the industry was, and and part of me. For myself, just like I'm totally fine to just respect that time and place and be like, that's I don't need to I don't need to revisit that again. When they mm-hmm. remade Shadow of the Colossus and they upresed everything and they're like, it's time to go back and relive one of the greatest games ever made. I was like, no, I'm good. Because like the one time I played that game, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I had just a majestic feeling with it. And I was I was it was like one of the first games that transcended the idea of like artistic expression to me and like moved me in a way that was like very understated but very powerful and so when they were gonna up the res and they were like you wouldn't even believe how bad those graphics were back in the day i'm like at the time they blew me away and i i don't even want to i i don't need to revisit that it's still fresh it's still real i don't i just don't need it i don't need that but if a game does like what you're saying brian where they make something new out of it then my nostalgia kind of drives me drives my interest into finding what new thing they did but if it's just a remake and it's just we just made it look prettier i'm not interested my favorite argument on this topic has to do with mmos it's like very often i hear people that are just like they just don't make mmos like they used to like i wish they would make a good mmo like the good classic mmos and i'm always like do you remember MMOs? <laughs> I was like, because like if I, I, I did, I did play like like um, MMORPGs before Warcraft came out in like the classic era of like, but I only had one game at the time. That was the only thing I played, and there weren't other things available. So it was like you played like one of three games, and everyone played those games, and then like if I remember, it was just like all. Oh, what's the word? The word for mining something over and over again. Grinding. Yes, it was all grinding. It was like you'd go to do a story event and then you'd grind for a week till you, till you hit the next story event. Like, you can't do that anymore. So it's like, yeah. so what is this game that we're all remembering, we're all pining for? Did it ever really exist? Or is it just like that feeling of having played a game like that? Yeah, there's some people that think like, oh, you know, you had, you had to work so hard back in the day. Like, it's almost like a badge of honor. And so for anyone who didn't do that, it's like, oh, you don't really know MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, is that really the type of game we want now in a, mo- a more modern era? I don't think you can do that anymore. I think you have to continue to innovate for it to be uh, interesting. Sure thing. I think nostalgia for me plays a lot in like Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's 100% yeah. all I have going right now. Because like, <laughs> it's, cause like it's, it's so we talked about Pokemon Snap, right? But like, think back to when they reintroduced Donkey Kong Country into the lineup. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm from the very original Donkey Kong countries. And th- those were some of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. So like going into it, I was just like, oh, heck yeah. Like that was, that was, you know, my nostalgia kicking in going, yes, I'm going to get to relive this. But now okay. there's so many systems that I can go back to just play those old games. So I'm like, do I need a new version of that game? 
Of any company, I think Nintendo does the best of marketing to your nostalgia. Because every time a Zelda game comes out, I don't just want to buy it because I think it's going to be a good game. I want to buy it because I have those good memories from the last Zelda yes. game. And they do a great job of just piling on that nostalgia every version. Like, hey, remember how much you liked this? Well, we're going to do it yeah. again. <laughs> and I think for the most part, Nintendo finds a way to not just make a remake. Like when, when I think of Super Mario Odyssey or Super Mario, Super Mario Galaxy, those are just steep in, steeped in nostalgia to the point that I'm like reliving my childhood. But it's a very different game. It's nothing. It's giving me the same feeling of when I played my first Mario, except it, it has departed 100% from that first Mario game. So I feel like that's the best use of nostalgia. Yeah. We haven't heard a lot from you, Joe. What do you think? I am t- I think a lot of my remake like joys are based in music and based in specific moments and how games are played. So I, I completely agree. I feel like Nintendo is one of the ones where when they make a remake, a lot of the time it's a, just a it literally is just the new console's version of it. They'll wait ten years. They'll wait fifteen years. Yeah. And then they will they will put out something that you haven't been able to play because it's so aged out at that point and you don't have the system anymore. Or even if you do, mm-hmm. I, I mean I have a GameCube and I would have been complaining about wanting to play Mario Sunshine for a while. <laughs> and then like literally the week I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna go grab the GameCube and grab Mario Sunshine. I'm just gonna plug them into the TV so I can play that game again. We find out about the Mario All Stars edition. And I was like, Well, I can wait two months. I don't yeah. I'd rather play it on my Switch anyway. This great. is great. I don't I, need to give them another $60 for a game that I literally have sitting on a shelf. Yeah. It's right there. The GameCube's right above it. Like, why am I not just plugging I that think, in? Oh, because I want an HD version of it. I want it to look nicer. I, I want it to look good on my TV. And a lot of it has to do with sound for me. So, like, the sound in it is so good. And I, I think... I don't mind if it's a literal one-to-one retelling of something. I just think sometimes, unfortunately, like Pokemon Snap... I I think my expectation was so high to have that same feeling of going in and taking pictures of Pokemon that I, I didn't even know all of them at that point, you know? And, yeah. and if I did, I didn't really want... I've never seen them in this 3D kind of world. And, like, it, everything was different about that game. And now I have that game in my pocket 24-7 with Pokemon Go with a way better camera, oh, right. with yeah. every angle I could want, and I don't have some jerk professor telling me the photo's not good enough. <laughs> like, I feel like... I, I, I like So I feel like, unfortunately... With it's a lot like what Troy said too. If Shadow, I, I liked the remake of Shadow of Colossus. I have no qualms with it, but that's because I didn't play Shadow of Colossus when it came out. Mm-hmm. So like I played it years later, and it was already kind of like aging as a look of a game. But the mechanics were still beautiful. The sound was glorious. The shadow and the light in that game is amazing. So I enjoyed that remake because I hadn't played it in so long, and I didn't play it when it first came out. Right now, I, I the game I always go back to with remakes is uh, Zelda Wind Waker. I still. At this moment in time, if I had to plug in my GameCube to play it, I would have the same feelings playing it that I did when I turned it on the very first time. When the HD version of Wind Waker came out, I was miserable because it was going to come out a weekend where I couldn't take the weekend off to sit home and just sail the Great Seas on the King of Red Lions. <laughs> and every time I turn it on, I get the same feelings. And it's the game, the all they did with the game is make it prettier. They made it so it doesn't look like crap on my HD TV. And I think it has to do with sound. <laughs> I think it has to do with just the game already was was so good the way it was that much like the Mario games, much like the other ones, they're not really remaking them. They're just putting them on a new system, and I hadn't got to play them in a while, so I'm experiencing the joy of that good game again. It's just making me think Pokemon Snap probably wasn't that great a game back then, 
and I just didn't know any better. I think Joe has, I think you have my favorite point about remakes and it, it's the idea of introducing new audiences to a, a beloved franchise. Mm-hmm. I think it's 100% right. If I were to give the PlayStation 2 version of Shadow Colossus to somebody now to be like, yikes, like why, why does everyone love this game? But reinventing it and making it that majestic game is just bringing people who haven't experienced that before the same feeling that I felt. Same thing with Wind Waker. Kids who haven't didn't get to play that on GameCube can now experience that on the Switch. That's a beautiful thing. And probably like my favorite thing, why I do think it, it is important to make remakes is to bring in those new audiences who don't have the ability to have those memories that we were fortunate to have earlier on. I love that. I think all of us are essentially the first generation that could have this experience of having like video games and being nostalgic about video games right like you know none of us have kids but like i can i can very easily see someone sharing pokemon snap with their child because it was their childhood game yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. be like hey like i'm gonna go ahead and share this with my kid because i want him to have the same experience that i had yeah. when growing up with pokemon i know a lot of people with kids like to play games with their kids um, so I could see, I know uh, Brian asked that earlier, if this game would be good for young children. And we were like, oh, maybe not with the tutorials. But if you as the adult played through the tutorials and then just handed your kid the controller, I yeah. think that they would love taking pictures of the Pokemon. I mean, they may not get as jazzed about the professor telling them their photos are bad, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure the photo taking and the seeing them interact with each other would be uh, magical. I agree. All right. So, um, well, that that was a great topic. I uh, I really enjoyed that. So that will do it for our Mighty Mighty Muscle Muscle Tasty Tasty Topic. topic. Now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. Adieu, 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 adieu. It's the Dragon of the Week. Oh, it's so neat. It's the Dragon of the Week. So don't you yeet. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week is a segment where we shine a little light, show a little love to the video game industry and all the people who make games that we love to play. And bringing us our Dragon of the Week this week is Joe. I am bringing to the table the leader and founder of Unbound Creations. He has been in the gaming industry since he was a teenager. He has worked tons and tons of jobs all over the world, been to school all over the world. His name is Jakob Kastalski. Awesome. He is a really amazing creator. I want to tell you a couple of the games that he made, and you'll kind of know why if you watch our streams, why we're why this is my dragon of the week. The very first game he worked on was called Postmortem. The second game he worked on was called Karaski, What Goes Up. The next game he worked on was a small game called Headliner. And then he worked on Headliner Novi News. And the latest game he worked on was Rain on Your Parade. Oh, the cloud game. I am in love with Rain on Your Parade. His team of people at Unbound Creations, it's only five employees normally. Sometimes it's only four. I love it. They build everything themselves. They market everything themselves. They do all of it. And they're amazing. It's um, it's an independent game studio focused on social commentary games as well as silly games about clouds. <laughs> that last part is really important because I'll explain to you what he went to school for. I'll explain to you where he went. And, when, and then we'll go through the games a little bit so that you can understand how different Rain on Your Parade is. Okay. So he was born in Poland. He's half Polish and half a world traveler, he calls himself. <laughs> he, I'm half <laughs> Polish, half world. Yes, very, very much so. All Jakob. He says he, the way he got into games is as a teen, he toyed with games 
instead of playing the game, he toyed with the map and the uh, the editors in the games. So he would play with the back end of a lot of the games, the programming part of them. Wow. And in StarCraft, he spent more time in the editor than in the game itself. One day he was looking around on the internet and he saw an article about writing games in Assembler. So he picked up a weekly teacher self-coding magazine at the time. It came with a free copy of Delphi IDE uh, CD, which I believe is a coding thing. I'm not quite sure. Yes, it is. There we go. I knew Robot Brian would know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he started learning Objective Pascal. Yeah, that's a coding language. There we go. So he, uh, a year or so later, approaches one of his computer teachers at, in high school and, and talks to them about teaching him how to do C++ after class. And he says the rest is history. He completely was like delved in. He worked IT jobs. He worked as a web developer. He was learning how to program in every language he could. Nice. He, was tr- he was doing all these things to do what his mind was coming up with because he was going to school for humanities and ethnic conflict. He was very what? into politics. <laughs> so he oh, wanted to wow. go everywhere Whoa. and wanted to create stories and narratives on the other places he had been. So from 2006 to 2010, he was at the Soka University of America in California. And in 2009 of his, his tenure there, he went to the Kensai Gadai University in Osaka, Japan. And he says that he had the worst hangover of his life there, but he <laughs> learned so much. Hell yeah. <laughs> he, in his 2010 to 2011 year, he went to the Queen's University in Belfast, Ireland. So he, and those oh are just gosh. a small smidgen of places he has put himself in for a little while just to experience the world and the politics in the world where these places are. He backpacked through Europe for many years. He has a whole blog about it that went on for like four years. And he just absorbs politics and he absorbs what other people are interacting with each other all over the world. And he's just very interested in that. The so, jet lag uh, on oh. this dude. Woo. <laughs> he, he went to film school for a little while so he could learn how to tell stories and how to show people what his narratives in his mind that he was coming up with were. He met his team and in 2013 he founded Unbound Creations, which their very first game was an extremely political game. <laughs> he So here's the, the name of the game is Postmortem. It came out in 2013 as well. And it is you are going to a dinner party and at this dinner party your superiors told you you have to murder someone at that party and it doesn't matter which person i mean we all, all been there of, right guys yeah. right guys oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, totally. right, right you're you're an agent of some sort i assume and at the party you start to meet the guests so then you as a person you're playing yourself you you this is you deciding mm-hmm. which person to murder you start meeting them and your humanity kind of takes over and you start getting to know them and you start realizing each one of them if you took them away from the world it would actually really affect how the rest of the world ran because oh, they were all gosh. kind of important people oh, no. and then there's all these articles all over the house where the dinner party is so you're reading all these notes and reading the books about how important these people are and you can't decide which person to do that to oh and you it, have to like, decide by the end of the game what course of history you're going to disrupt for somebody because you're taking out the main player and how this it's works. It's kind of like Clue with ethics. Yes. Yeah, do, can <laughs> Except you, you know who the murderer is. It's can, you. Can you choose your boss who made you do this? I, oh. It sounded like that's a nope. It sounded like they wouldn't let that happen. Oh. That'd be a pretty good choice. <laughs> right? Or you just never beat the game and just stay there at this dinner party and just be like, nope, we <laughs> right? live here now. You can, you this pass- bisque is just the best. Yeah. I need to have more. <laughs> you pass the milk, please. So it, so that was the first game he made, and it had some pretty good success. It wasn't a, a crazy moneymaker, but it was critically acclaimed. His next game was Karaski What Goes Up, and it's about an airship, 
that is blowing up and going down and then the day rewinds and you have to figure out who sabotaged the ship. Yes, yes, So yes, you go yes, through yes, all yes. the different levels. Oh yeah, it's you go through it's a it's first person point of view. You go through all the levels, but you can't look you can't let anyone catch you snooping around <sighs> or the people the characters in the game start thinking you're the one that sabotages <sighs> the ship. Y'all. Oh yeah, because you look suspicious. Because you look <laughs> suspicious snooping around and looking at everybody's stuff. So there's I many have, different layers to that. I have I have a soft spot for any game or movie that has like Groundhog's Day mechanics. I mm-hmm. can't, I love anything that has that type of mechanic in it. I'm already sold on this game. <laughs> you know what the best thing about this game when I was reading about it and reading people's reviews were? The, the tagline at the end of the game is, and be careful if they catch you snooping the characters will start becoming suspicious of you and maybe they should it could have been you <gasps> i was like Ooh. are you are this is this like where bioshock infinite took this from <laughs> like what is happening here this is this is crazy i just feel like, like you're the same person from that murder party you just right? you look down. It's you're wearing stopped. you're wearing a mustard color jacket. You have a twirly mustache. You find out you've been Colonel Mustard the whole time. There's I a know. candle. There's a candlestick in your hand, and you can't explain why. It's, oh, <laughs> it, it, it was it, it was chilling reading that last line. I was like, oh my goodness, whoa. So, and we're gonna go back to this game because this game actually was a very serious problem for him in his career. Uh, it did not do well commercially, and we'll come back to that. His third game that he made was called Headliner, and Headliner was a redirect for him. It was a short game. It was 45 minutes long, and it's about being an editor of the world news, and you're important. So you get the stories, the articles come into you, and you decide which headline is going to actually go in the morning, and that will affect the rest of the world. At this point, he was recognizing how much social media was destroying the news in the world and destroying how people thought of other people as people. He was recognizing that headlines were really important and that having the same story told in a really cruddy headline could make people think something that it really isn't. And he wanted to make a game about that and he needed to do something that would actually be finished and be done. So he makes this 45-minute game and it starts winning awards at PAX. It starts winning awards at the Tokyo Game Show. It starts winning awards all over the place. So, and this is uh, 2017. So in 2018, he decided he was going to make a full version of this game. It was going to be many hours long, and it was called Headliner Novi News. Now, this game was fully fleshed out. This game sounded like it destroys your heart. The The editor, you, are given all of these different like disasters you can run that you know will make your company more business because the headline will be good and people will buy and people will click. And then it also gives you idea like you know puff pieces to do. And if you do certain things wrong, the people around you are affected by what you chose in your office in the as an editor. Is, so they start not wanting to come to you and talk oh to you no. about things. It Is literally guy- affects the world around you because you're deciding how people see themselves and see other people and what they read. Is this guy at all related to Hideo Kojima somehow? Because <laughs> the, the, the commentary that's happening in these games, they're, they're hitting hard. Right? It, he, his storytelling is amazing, and he was very focused on political narratives. So mm-hmm. he said that he took a lot of this game directly out of Google Analytics and Facebook data oh, about no. people who were playing the other games. And when he first baited and alphaed the game, it was very different, and people told him what they didn't like. So then he went back into Facebook's data and Google's data and checked to see if they were telling him the truth. 
to see how long they were playing, to see if they were playing it the way they said they were. To see. And he said all of that data is there. He, he, he wrote it out, I believe, a PC Game Insider, I think, is where he, he's just explained everything he did. And he's like, so then I designed the game to be what people were actually spending their time doing and Woof. looking at. And he said everything went up. Engagement went up. Everyone started liking it. Everyone started reviewing it. People started buying it. It was very, it was a hit. It did very, very well, and it was and it was a free game actually for a very long time. Just just because he wanted people to play it, he wanted people to experience what it was like when you don't just be a good person and tell the truth all the time with headlines. So it was it was rough. And he said it was it took a lot out of him and his company and his 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 employees. They all kind of needed a break from the very heavy political narratives that he they were always telling. So then they came up with this crazed idea about being a rain cloud that just destroys <laughs> people's day. I was about to <laughs> say, Joe, was... all of this like political intrigue and commentary and ethical discussions. And I'm like, wait, this is the guy where you 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 rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you literally rain on yeah. people's weddings or you put out forest fighters or, or like, you rain okay. cats on a dog. You yeah. draw a face <laughs> on Imagine a cloud. Imagine my surprise. And Imagine it, that I, I, as I'm doing this research, I'm like, am I looking at the right studio? Is this for real? Like, did, like the silliest game really ever. Stuff. It, it makes total sense if they were if they were trying to depart from where they're going to, where yes. they're coming from. Then they, they did it. <laughs> That's oh, they yeah, did. <laughs> yeah, they did. And uh, that was actually one of the great things about this is that this game ran on your parade. It was it was the much needed break he asked for, and it also won some really big awards. It won the PC Game Insider. Big pitch, big indie pitch award, and that was a in many indie uh, indie studios. They come up with a five minute like speed dating type thing where they have the PC Game Insider people will listen to their pitch and then they will decide the top three pitches. Then let one of them they will like tote as like the greatest game that's going to come out of indie development. So lots of people go to do this speed dating thing essentially for indie games. And the I believe it was two years ago. There's one they walked away with the first top prize. And that wow. got him a in Four Gamer in Japan, which is a very big video game website. Four Gamer, they did a huge article on them, and he said that helped Steamroll like just keep going. Everybody was excited about seeing this game, and he's like, and all we had was this like tiny demo and this idea for this thing. And he's like, and it was so weird because he's a he's an extrovert. He loves mm-hmm. being around people, and he's so into public speaking. So he's like, I have no problem getting in a room, and I really loved interacting with people. He goes, mm-hmm. and I miss it. He goes, this this doing this over Zoom was so okay because I had my notes next to me and nobody knew but it was also really awkward he's like having to do all these things digitally he's like these are normally things you would shake hands and you would have a you'd have lunch and you'd explain somebody your pitch and they'd be so into it he's like the world's just different now right <laughs> he's just saying how difficult it is now and he he couldn't believe they walked away with the with the number one slot saying this was the game Hell for, yeah. for the next two years and people really really loved it it came out on April 15th of this year and it like knocked my socks off. I loved this game and I completely understand why everybody else did too. He said that the entire crew of them were so invested in making a game that had roots and nostalgia in other games and other TV shows that helped people kind of come back to a decent, happy place for just a little while, even while their day was being ruined by Aww. a cloud raining on them. Aww. He was so interested in trying to make something that people could just smile and have a good time playing without having the repercussions of the world around them affecting it. So he the exact uh, opposite of his previous games. Exact <laughs> <opposite>. <laughs> Again, he looked at those analytics and he was like, "Ooh, exactly what's yeah. going on." Yeah, 
And that's one of the things I think we'll end this on is that he is very into explaining to other game developers how they should be marketing themselves and how they should be making games. We're going to go back to Karaski. He said that he spent years on that game trying to perfect it and trying to make it like his magnum opus of that moment in his life. He wanted to make this just unbelievably amazing experience. He soaked all of his company's money, all of his time into it, all of his employees' time into it for years. And it was a complete commercial flop. It's not that the game didn't get good reviews. Nobody cared about playing it. It wasn't what people wanted at that moment in time. They didn't want another POV game where people mm-hmm. were like groundhog daying backwards and like trying to figure something. It just, it was a suspenseful thriller that nobody wanted. And he said that after that moment when he hit rock bottom with that, he was, he was, tra- he was traveling again and he was trying to just learn about new cultures and learn about other things. And, and he, he, he was so upset and so downtrodden by it. He's like, I need to teach other people that you probably shouldn't spend two to three years of your life working on something and put all your eggs in that basket. Mm. So he went on to do talks in different places and to explain to other budding game developers that try to work on a project that you can finish in a year. Try to make a 45-minute game, which was what happened with Headliner. He said, I had to completely rework how I felt as a developer. And I try to explain to other people, that's what you should do. Look at the market at the moment. Look what it's yielding. Look to see if there's something that's missing. And if your game doesn't fit right now at that moment, don't work on that game. Work on something that will so mm-hmm. that you can finish a project. If you can finish a project in six to eight months, you are doing really good in game development. And it doesn't matter if that's a 30-minute you know, phone game or if it's a 30-minute console game. He's like, make those games and make them free so that you can learn from those experiences. Mm-hmm. The more games you have under your belt done is better than the two to three years you spent making an amazing game that nobody played. Wow. So he he's really into like the world just being a better place. And uh, you can follow his blog. You can uh, check him out online. Yeah. He does a lot of Q&As during big stream uh, things during PAX and during CES and during a lot of the, the video game shows. So he'll do four-hour Q&As with his team with him. And like they just answer whatever questions anyone has. It's really cool. Like they're, and, and He's just awesome. a really cool guy. So nice. that's, that's what makes him uh, Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week. Well, thank you, Joe. So that was uh, Jakob Kostolski. Yes. All right. Well, unfortunately, though, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. But you can always find us online. To continue the conversation, check us out on Twitter for the latest in indie game news, on Instagram for updates and silly images, on Discord for daily discussions, and on Twitch for live gaming and just chatting every day of the week. We are at Taste of Dragons everywhere, and we'd love to hear from you. That's right. Uh, Unfortunately, no gem of the week this week, y'all. We'll be back with it next week, though. Uh, But as always, though, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm Amanda. I'm Hassel. And I'm Joe. And we are the The Taste Taste of of Dragons. Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. I'm going to go make ethical choices. I'm going to go rain on some parades. Do you guys want to start a FIFA tournament? Get out of my room. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's taste.